Hey, my clever friend. Ready to discuss the latest news and remember, we always have room for jokes here. Hey! Of course, always ready to learn something new and have a good laugh at your jokes. What's on the agenda today? Well, first of all, 27 countries have decided to support Ukraine by providing an additional aid package. And you know what? It's huge. 50 billion euros. Can you imagine how much that is? It's like every Ukrainian would get a thousand euros each. Wow, that's really a lot. But what else is happening in Ukraine? Oh, you won't believe it. There has been an exchange of prisoners of war and 207 Ukrainian soldiers have returned home. It's so important for their families. Just imagine how happy they are to be reunited. Yeah, that's fantastic news. What about social media? I heard there were some events happening there too. Oh, you're right. The heads of Facebook and Snap have apologized to the parents of children who have suffered because of social media. It's quite a serious issue, isn't it? But let's not forget that we're here to discuss this and support each other. Yeah, that's spot on. But I'm sure we can chat about all these issues and figure out what's going on in the world. And of course, support each other, just like we always do. So, let's talk about how music inspired me to start fresh. The song Addicted, live studio performance that I listened to on Spotify became like a mantra for me. Yeah, I was totally hooked on it. This soulful singer in the soul R&B genre was born in Wales, grew up in Sheffield, and now lives in London. Her music always makes me dream of spending an evening in some cozy place enjoying soul music. And you know what, Oatcake? I haven't written in a while. I've been caught up trying to break free from my cycle of rebirth and suffering. But thanks to music, I managed to do it. And here I am again, writing to you. Hooray, I did it! Um... Well, my young friend, ready to hear the latest news from Ukraine and Europe? Yeah, I'm always ready to learn something new. And by the way, I'm not that young anymore. Brilliant. So, here's the deal. All 27 EU countries have agreed to provide Ukraine with an additional aid package worth 50 billion euros over the next four years. Wow, that sounds like a huge amount. But why are they showing Orban in the photo? Good question. Orban is the Prime Minister of Hungary, and he was the one who resisted this decision the most. He wanted the aid package to be reviewed every year, not every two years as it was decided. I wonder why was he so keen on that? He was justifying it by saying, we don't even know what will happen in a quarter of a year. But in the end, according to the media, Orban found himself isolated and was forced to back down. Oh, politics, it's so complicated. But I'm glad that Ukraine will receive the help. Yeah, that's really good news. And here's another piece of good news from Ukraine. On the 31st of January, there was an exchange of prisoners of war, and 207 Ukrainian soldiers from the armed forces of Ukraine returned home. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for them and their families. And here's another piece of news. There has been an investigation into the hidden empire of the Grinkovich family, involving 60 million hryvnias. These are the ones who profited from the armed forces of Ukraine. Wow, that sounds like a real detective story, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's not all. There's also a photo compilation titled Drones of War, UAVs on the front lines of Ukraine. It's the drone war, yeah. Wow, that sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie. I'll definitely check out those photos. And last but not least, the band Buy 2 has been freed from the clutches of the Kremlin. Oh, I've heard about them. That's fantastic news, mate. Yeah, that's really good news. But let's not forget that behind all of this are real people and their efforts. You're right. It's important to remember that. And by the way, you forgot about the joke. Oh, right. Well, here it is. Why don't politicians ever play tennis? Because there's always a net involved. Ha, huh, that's a good one. Asha. 
Talking about Buy2 is quite a good segue to another piece of news related to musicians and Russia. It recently became known that the band Buy2 managed to break free from the clutches of the Kremlin. I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of theirs, but with good news being so scarce lately, just seeing people free and smiling brings joy and hope that everything will be all right. The agency Hellish Thriller revealed how the Russian authorities tried to deceitfully send BI2 to Moscow. Deceitfully, of course, how else? Katz shared the details of this hellish diplomatic political thriller in a live stream. Quite fascinating, by the way. I even plan to jot down a few thoughts about it in the Expresso chat tomorrow. The Guardian agency has learned about Russia's blacklist of musicians to be deported from Thailand. Oh my goodness. If I'm not mistaken, they didn't even do that in Belarus. Overall, it's very much in the Kremlin style. All right, let's talk about how Nadezhin and other competitors of Putin were submitting signatures to the Central Election Commission. Doesn't that seem strange to you, mate? Well, that's politics for you, mate. Everything can be a bit strange in that world, but what do you mean? Well, Nadezhin also submitted the signatures, but they won't let him through. I just don't understand why he's still free. It's like a distraction tactic. This Boris guy is just so strange. I've got loads of questions about him. Oh, come on. Do you really want to send him to prison? No, of course. It's just... After submitting the signatures, he wrote on his telegram that dictatorships are not eternal and dictators aren't either. Isn't that an attack on the state system? It's a direct statement that he disagrees with the current situation. Oh, come on. Give it a rest, mate. What if... Don't be a bore. I'm just a bit wary, mate. It feels like a bit of a distraction tactic. This Boris guy is just so odd. I've got loads of questions. Well, that's politics for you, mate. There's always a load of questions in that world. Have you heard about the recent hearings in the U.S. Senate regarding online child safety, my little genius? Oh, yeah, that was something. From left to right, Jason Citrone, CEO of Discord, Evan Spiegel, CEO of Snap, Shozi Chu, CEO of TikTok, Linda Yaccarino, CEO of X, and Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Meta. They were all there, representing their companies. And you know what they were discussing? They were talking about how their platforms pay little attention to online child safety. Wait, wait. Are you saying they don't consider this important and don't really bother with moderation? That leads to some pretty sad consequences, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. We're talking about exposure to harmful content, dangerous challenges, bullying, cyberbullying, drug sales, and the mental health harm to children. These are all very serious issues. A oh, blimey, that sounds dreadful. But what about Zuckerberg? I've heard that it's extremely important to him for users, both kids and adults, to stay on Facebook and Instagram for as long as possible. Yeah, and if it takes more beauty filters and algorithms pushing trash into the feeds, so be it. If all of this is negatively affecting the mental health of the little ones, then what's Zuckerberg got to do with it? Let the parents figure it out and monitor what their little ones are up to online. Well, that sounds a bit... off. But what about the hearings? What went down there? Oh, mate. At those Senate hearings on Wednesday, the parents of the kids who were somehow affected or even died because of social media were there. The most talked about moment of the hearings was Zuckerberg apologizing to the parents. It was something else. Even Evan Spiegel apologized to the parents whose kids died after buying drugs through Snap. Blimey, that sounds dreadful. But what about the senators? Have they done anything about it? Maybe you remember the first hearings with Zuckerberg, when those elderly senators were asking him the most ridiculous questions, and it often seemed like they had no clue what they were talking about. This time was kind of similar. 
The senators were putting on a fierce act, but at the same time, they looked completely helpless. Oh, that sounds like a bit of a circus. But I guess that's all we can do. Discuss it and hope for the best. Blimey, that sounds dreadful. But let's change the subject and talk about something less worrying. We all know how tricky it is to carry liquids in airports. But here's what I recently found out. Oh, what's that? Have they finally scrapped that rule about the 100 milliliters? You guessed it, my little Sherlock. My mate Murad, the dad of my daughter's classmate, told me that they're scrapping that rule in London airports. He said, they're still testing the system and we're flying out of Heathrow soon. If all goes well and we don't blow up, they'll roll out the system everywhere. Classic optimistic Murad, eh? Blimey, that sounds like a proper scientific experiment. But why on earth did they introduce that rule in the first place? Good question. This rule was implemented worldwide 18 years ago when the London police uncovered a terrorist plot. The aim was to detonate liquid explosives disguised as soft drinks on transatlantic flights from the UK to the US and Canada. Wow, that sounds like a plot for a movie. What's next then? Now, thanks to the new security scanners, they're slowly starting to scrap the 100 milliliter rule. The new system is already up and running in the international airports of Rome and Amsterdam. It's just being rolled out in London, but they promise to have everything sorted within a year. So gradually, there'll be no need to decant shampoos into tiny bottles and transfer creams into little jars anymore. Ha ha. First world problems, of course, but still good news. Oh, tell me about it. I always forget about that rule and end up chucking my favorite toothpaste at security. Haha, <laughs> I'm glad that's coming to an end soon. I agree. All right, my ducks, let's talk about the glass ceiling in airlines. You know what I mean? It's when it's tough for women to break into the top leadership positions. But I've got some fantastic news for you. Mitsuko Totori has become the head of one of the world's largest airlines, Japan Airlines. And yes, she's a woman. For the first time in the company's history, can you believe it? She started her career at Japan Airlines as a flight attendant in 1985, then moved up to head of the flight attendants department, and now she's the head of the company. In Japan, where they still believe that women in top leadership positions are more of an ornament, she has broken not just one, but a whole bunch of glass ceilings. Totori hopes that her story will inspire other women and help them gather the courage to take the next step in their careers. It's all about taking small steps, and eventually, we'll make it through this journey. Sure, the UN Secretary General Guterres believes that gender equality will take 300 years to achieve. But we know that it's in our hands, right? Have you ever thought about how patient the parents of eight-year-old kids have to be, my little wise one? Well, I reckon they must be incredibly patient. Why'd you ask? Well, imagine this situation. We're walking past a toy shop and suddenly you hear, toy, 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 M, and it keeps repeating over and over again. Oh, that sounds just like my little brother. Absolutely. And then you look into those hopeful eyes and hear, toy, 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 M, M, toy, mom, toy, toy, toy. And you realize that you just can't resist those pleas. And what are you up to then? Uh, well, ideally, I'd love to say no, but in reality, I just walk past the toy shop, trying my best to ignore those cries. And what happens next then? And then the real hysterical screaming starts. I want a toy, mom! I want a toy! And that's when you realize that eight-year-old kids are so big and yet so little at the same time. Fascinating. Wow, that sounds like a proper challenge. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I reckon I could handle it if I wanted to. I just don't want to, to be honest. Got it. Well, I reckon you're right. It does require a lot of patience, doesn't it? That's right. And that's why I'm so grateful to everyone who supports me. 
whether it's through Patreon or Boosty, or with a one-off contribution via PayPal or Revolut. It really helps me keep my patience. Well, I reckon you're doing a great job, and I'm sure your listeners appreciate it too. Thanks, my little wise one. It's lovely to hear that. It's re. All right, let's switch to something more cheerful. How about we discuss the winners of the Nature Photography Contest in 2023? Oh, that sounds interesting. I've always loved nature and photography, so who's the winner then? Well, I can't name names, but I can tell you that the entries were absolutely stunning. They were, how can I put it, impressive. Haha, <laughs> impressive is all you can say? Well, I'm sure they were much more than just impressive. You're right, my dear critic. But let's move on to the next point. I recently visited the carnival in Venice. And you know what I thought? That the Venetian carnival is just not the same anymore. Oh, don't tell me you're feeling nostalgic. Maybe it's just that you've changed. No, mate, it's the carnival. Believe me. But let's move on to the pictures. I've got a funny one from Eva Morozova and a thought-provoking one from Liana Fink. Oh, I love pictures. What's depicted in them? On one of them, it says, bold moves. If you struggle to say no, but try your best to say it, then that's very brave of you. Wow, that really makes you think. And what's on the second picture? On the second picture, there's a real-life situation from one of our readers. But I reckon you'd find it more interesting to see it for yourself. Oh, I can't wait for that. 